Hello, Bitcoiners. Welcome back to the show. My name is Ansel. This is Bitcoin and Markets. On this show, we take a look at price and fundamentals, and I try to keep you ahead of the curve in Bitcoin. Today, I do go pretty deep into price for 5-10 minutes and uh, touch on all sorts of things, including macro stuff, kind of my themes for 2020 and the coronavirus. I mean, just trying to tie everything in because it is so uh, interconnected. And of course, Bitcoin is in the big leagues now. Uh, It has to be considered in the conversation. It's considered in every major conversation out there from the biggest people in the world, uh, in the financial world. So uh, Bitcoin is definitely needs to be taken into uh, account when you talk about the macro situation of the world. Then I jump into five or 10 minutes on Taproot, uh, Tapscript, and Schnorr, the upgrades that are coming to Bitcoin, most likely in 2020 here. I discuss them from an economic lens, and I also try to talk through how Bitcoin gets upgraded uh, and dispel some rumors in that regard. But before we get into it, I just want to remind you that this is a listener-supported podcast. So go on over to patreon.com forward slash Bitcoin and markets, become a member, join the discord channel. You can sign up for my member newsletter that comes out multiple times a week, keeping you ahead of the curve on the price and a lot of the themes that I talk about here. So, okay, let's get into it. All right, let's talk about price guys, bread and butter here on price. So I didn't have a podcast last week, but I did do my newsletters. Uh, The member newsletter goes more in depth on my uh, technical analysis and my fundamental analysis as well. Uh, But I do touch on price in the the free newsletter. But anyway, so I've been talking about this area of resistance between, say, 9,000 and 9,500. We bounced off of it in July twice. Then also in August and September... Uh, Then we fell below it, and it acted as resistance in late October, November, early November. And now we just tested it again. There's also some confluence here with the 200 moving average, daily moving average. And this is in with the mayor multiple. So a lot of people are looking at this, uh, and we bounced right off of that uh, and headed back down. I think we will probably test the top of that channel that I talked about for six months, and then uh, also test the daily 50 EMA, bottom of the cloud. Again, there's this confluence around 8,000. So I think we will probably test around that area before we head back up again. Also remember, as we get into this bull market, as we move forward towards the halving and uh, we start getting more hype going in Bitcoin, we're going to have a DCA effect. That means that these people that are DCAing in every month, they're going to be buying roughly around that first, you know, first of the month and the 15th of the month, give or take. If we look at this recent surge in price this year, uh, we saw the big candle on the third. And that makes sense. The first is a holiday. Maybe they get paid on the second and, and then they can buy on the third. So they're DCAing in. After when they get their paycheck at the beginning of the month. And then the next big daily candle happened on the 14th. So that's a little bit early, but maybe, you know, that some people get paid slightly early. I don't know what day that landed on exactly, but um, you can see that this DCA effect could be pronounced, especially in the next few months. So be watching out for that. And at this time, we're a week away from the end of the month. So I, I think the price can leak down 
to roughly 8,000 before we uh, come back up again. This is the type of stuff you can expect on my member newsletters. Guys, I, I think we are in a bull market. We're going to go higher, but it's just a matter of uh, waiting. This is big resistance above us. Continue your DCA. Continue uh, these things. You don't want to be buying at resistance, though, You or going long, especially on margin. You don't want to be going long at resistance. You want to be going long on breakouts and uh, on support. Of course, this is not financial advice on the show, but... Anyway, so that's what I'm thinking for price. Let's take a look at some other assets here real quick. We have gold having a great day today. Currently, we're sitting at 1574. Nice green candle today. Um, I was thinking we're going to have more of a sizable uh, consolidation or pullback on gold because the weekly candle two weeks ago looked atrocious. Um, But, you know, with this geopolitical situation around this coronavirus breakout and some other things, the uh, I can see there's more demand for this safe haven play, for this gold play. Um, my thesis for this year, for the most part, macro side, is stronger dollar, which we see breaking some um, significant moving averages on the daily chart, the DXY. Uh, gold going up with the dollar, which is counterintuitive, but that's what we're going to see. Oil going down because of a sluggish global economy and less demand. Basically, we've hit peak demand for for oil, I believe. And the U.S. just hit like 13 million barrels a day, the most any country has ever produced ever per day in the history of the world. More than Saudi Arabia, more than Russia, more than Venezuela. The U.S. is producing that on a daily basis. So. Uh, oil should probably continue down, which is what we've been seeing, and I've been, I've been tweeting some charts about that. Um, and Bitcoin, gold, and dollar go up. Um, we're going to have a melt up in the dollar. It's going to really hurt the emerging markets. It's going to hurt China. And with this coronavirus outbreak, who knows what's going to happen? I mean, they've already closed down. What is it like ten cities? Uh, we could see a collapse in the Chinese economy right around this coronavirus thing. And it just happens to be economically a very precarious time. So (laughs) those are my, those are my themes. And that's what I write about constantly on my newsletter. So (laughs) again, support the show and sign up for the newsletters. Okay. Let's go on to some development news. We're going to talk about Taproot. Okay, I want to talk about this Taproot proposal that Peter Willa just released, and I'm going to pull it up here. So if you guys have been around for a while, you know that Bitcoin does upgrade, okay? Bitcoin does upgrade, even though that it's told in the media and by all of the scammers and altcoiners and all these things that Bitcoin is you know, stagnant and that it's just a store of value and things of that nature. That's not the case. Okay. Bitcoin is moving very, very quickly. The Bitcoin stack as well as Bitcoin on the consensus layer is moving very quickly. The problem is, um, it's very, it's a very large project and it is a very important project. And so we have the best in class. Like some of the best top cryptographers in the world work on Bitcoin. That's why I don't pay any mind to all of these conspiracy theories about the NSA or the CIA being able to take down Bitcoin at any time because 
you know, they have subpar people, right? They have the people that might go to Ethereum. They don't have the people that are working on Bitcoin. I mean, they might have one or two, but Bitcoin has hundreds, hundreds and hundreds. And even those big guys at the NSA and the CIA, they might be working on Bitcoin, you know, after hours, right? So this is something that uh, Bitcoin is so far ahead of any other project in the world on capability of their developers. But anyway, this is also, this is probably one of the top <laughs> five cryptographers or at least uh, applied cryptographers in the world. And this is Peter Willa. And he's been working uh, diligently on Schnorr, Taproot, and these associated BIPs. Okay. So these just dropped. This would be BIP 340, 341, and 342. Uh, interesting that it's 341 is the taproot BIP and that it was 141 that was SegWit. So, uh, as you can see, it's been a whole 200 other BIPs before we get to this taproot. So this is, even though it's three years separated, we've had 200 BIPs in the meantime. Some of them, some of them are informational. Some of them are just standard BIPs that don't go anywhere. Most of them, I would say, probably fall into that category, but it's um, it's hot and heavy, okay? And the, for high-level coders and high-level um, computer scientists, most of their time is spent figuring out the concepts behind and thinking through all of what could go wrong, you know, adversarially playing out, testing, uh, going back and forth, peer review for many, many years before they might make a change. And so this is the case with Taproot here and Schnorr, that these are such big upgrades uh, that they took a long time and they are very big upgrades. Um, there is a, I'm not going to go into the details on this because I'm not a cryptographer. I am not super technical things like what kind of smart contracts this will allow. I know it will allow more smart contracts, more expressive type scripts um, inside of the transactions. When you think of a Bitcoin transaction, think of it as a miniature program. And that miniature program would say, if you have this private key, you can send this Bitcoin. Well, you can make that slightly more robust, right? There's a few different opcodes and functions that are built into Bitcoin that you can make more expressive, um, more expressive smart contracts. And that hasn't been a huge point in, in the last, I would say, you know, first 10 years of Bitcoin, that hasn't been a huge point uh, of push. Bitcoiners went ahead and let others kind of figure out this smart contract thing. They are also working for Bitcoin, but they just don't know it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, they played around with it and Bitcoin is kind of ready to take on this smart contract type role. Now, it's not going to be as expressive like that is just crazy to be 100% expressive and do all the calculate, you know, distributed uh, execution of code. You can do distributed validation or verification, but but distributed execution is not scalable at all. And it's a bad idea because then you have to pay for that. That's why Ethereum has gas. So you can't just make an infinite loop and uh, crash the network. Bitcoin has these very powerful functions that they can use. Now, 
there's these upgrades, TapScript and Script and Simplicity. There's a bunch of things in the pipeline here for Bitcoin that make those easier to compose. Or you could have more execution, more expressive ex execution, but it's off-chain. So you provide a hash, goes on-chain, and the whatever you do off-chain, you are able to validate and unlock whatever that hash is on-chain. So uh, it's it's slightly different makeup than if you're doing on-chain and distributed execution. But it doesn't necessarily add functionality to Bitcoin. It adds, it makes it easier to compose. And I made this uh, observation on Twitter the other day that um, Bitcoin is limited only by its consensus rules where things like Ethereum and other platforms, they are limited only to their consensus rules. So every time they keep upgrading, they keep trying to, you know, fiddle with these consensus rules to get them to the right fit. What Bitcoin did was minimize those consensus rules. And now everybody's free to build on top. And that's what this lightning is. That's what liquid is. That's what these tap script and these other extensions and to make it more simple to interact with Bitcoin. Um, but Bitcoin itself, the rules don't change. Now, I want to head off the <laughs> what I know is coming because I've already read it in one article here um, that this is supposed to be a test of Bitcoin's governance. This upcoming soft fork for Taproot I'm talking about. Now, that's not <laughs> that's not what's going to happen here. Bitcoin is an ungovernance model. So it's ba it's an anarchic system based on hierarchy meritocracy, okay, and individuality with your node. If you don't want to have this soft fork, don't run it. I said in my newsletter this week, this is a soft fork, meaning it is compatible with existing consensus rules. There is no change to be avoided here. You don't want to upgrade, don't upgrade. Pretend it's not happening. Mute the word taproot on Twitter. So, that that's it okay this is not governance this is ungovernance and that should be completely rejected out of hand anybody who brings up this uh, because you know what they're going to say is that bitcoin can change look oh this is how bitcoin changes it gets consensus over this is social consensus this is not social consensus okay <laughs> this is these are the consensus rules if you go outside of those you get go off the network all right as long as you stay within those consensus rules uh, that's it. It's not based on social, the social backing of it. It's not ruled by social consensus. Just because everybody agrees to the rules now, people want to say, oh, this is social consensus because everyone agrees. Yes, everyone has to agree, man. <laughs> this is not a choice. Either you agree or you leave like Bcash did. It's an anarchic system. Remember, anarchy is the highest expression of order. Right When everybody pursues their own self-interest, you get a beautiful emergent order out of that. And that's what everybody fails to see about not only Bitcoin, but about markets in general. A market economy is an anarchic system, everyone pursuing their own self-interest. This has deeper implications. This is one of the things about really getting into Bitcoin and learning about Bitcoin is it changes your understanding of the world in general. Bitcoin has no central planner. There is no governance. It's everybody acting in their own self-interest. 
but anyway, um, okay. So this, <laughs> that's the big thing about Taproot. Uh, we don't know if it's going to be BIP 8, which is a flag day, BIP 9, um, which is a signaling for a percentage like we had with SegWit, um, or some other hybrid or some other completely different, um, way of activating this or deploying this software. So we'll have to wait and see on that. Um, taking us back to the UASF, just to keep this in people's minds here, because this is already three years ago, or two and a half years ago, UASF was a flag day activation of SegWit. It was kind of a flag day added to this percentage, and Bitcoin couldn't get over, uh, SegWit couldn't get over this certain percentage of signaling, and so UASF was added, uh, they added a flag day, and that's what got it eventually activated. Um, BIP9, which is this signaling percentage, I think changes the incentive structure of Bitcoin slightly, ever so slightly to just for these type of activation events, which I don't like. And the UASF corrected those incentives or returned them to their natural aligned state. So that's what UASF did. And uh, I, we don't know. It still says to do on the deployment section of Taproot, and I haven't found anything that says uh, what they're going to use to activate this, but we'll see. Uh, that's a big point to wait for. That's it, everybody. Thank you for joining me. My name is Ansel Linder. This is Bitcoin and Markets. Don't forget to become a member, patreon.com forward slash Bitcoin and Markets. That helps us provide more content. We provide lots of content. We have a Discord server. We have multiple newsletters. So support the show. I appreciate everyone that participates and helps out. It goes a long way. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you're listening to this. And you can find the show notes, bitcoinandmarkets.com forward slash E197. We'll see you next time. Peace.